At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the Chicago City Cast with Danny Burke, presented by Bet Rivers. All righty, folks, what is happening? Welcome to the show. Time for another edition of the Chicago City Cast presented by Bet Rivers. Danny Burke, your host here, as always, live out of the Windy City. Hope you're having a good Tuesday so far. A little bit sunnier than it was yesterday, but uh, maybe not as joyful as you were yesterday because of the most recent news coming out of the Bears organization. Roquan Smith officially requesting a trade from the Chicago Bears. I, of course, will share my thoughts on that, what it means, what he said exactly, and what the future of the Bears could look like with or without him. And then in the second part of this episode, we'll talk plenty of baseball. So we're going to hold off on it momentarily because of the big news with Roquan Smith. But we'll talk plenty of White Sox with their doubleheader today. We'll recap the Cubs game yesterday, recap my play from Danny's Dime on Rush Hour, and of course preview the Cubs game tonight. So uh, baseball will be held off till the second part of this episode, but let's get into it with Roquan Smith. So, uh, Ian Rappaport, a lot of people tweeting out what happened, and uh, Rappaport tweeted out the notes app because he wrote it on his notes app. Did Roquan Smith what he wanted to say officially? And this is what it was verbatim. I'll read it off, and then I guess I'll give you my synopsis on it. But this is where it starts with Roquan Smith and what he wrote down. To the city of Chicago and all the Bears fans worldwide, I've officially requested a trade. Just writing these words is deeply painful. I'm a kid from Macon County, Georgia. When you grow up playing football, you dream of making it to the NFL one day. However, playing the linebacker position, you never imagine getting drafted in the top 10 by the Chicago Bears. I'm a homegrown Bear. 
A dream came true for me to have an opportunity to put that Bears helmet on, wear the same jersey that the legendary LBs did. It's an indescribable feeling. Walking these hallways the past four years, you can feel the spirit. You feel the pressure to live up to that timeless history, that great legacy. I dreamed of playing like Wilbur Marshall, Singletary, Briggs, Erlacher, Buckus. Since that day I was drafted, I vowed to play this position at a level that upheld the standard that was set before me. To uphold that respect and honor, and I have. Unfortunately, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. They've refused to negotiate in good faith. Every step of this journey has been, and then in quotes, take it or leave it. The deal sent to me is one that would be bad for myself and for the entire LB market if I signed it. I've been trying to get something done that's fair since April, but their focus has been on trying to take advantage of me. I wanted to be a bear for my entire career, help this team bring a Super Bowl back to our city. However, they have left me no choice than to request a trade that allows me to play for an organization that truly values what I bring to the table. I haven't had the chance to talk to the McCaskey family, and maybe they can salvage this, but as of right now, I don't see a path back to the organization I truly love. I hope and pray you all can understand. I'm deeply sorry it's come to this. Sincerely. Roquan Smith. Man, that one stings, right? You kind of thought it was it was just going to be one of those classic negotiations to where, yeah, it'd be a pain in the ass, but they would eventually get it figured out. We know the defense is pretty much going to be a mess this year, but the bright spot was that, hey, Roquan Smith would be there. The young stud would finally get his Pro Bowl honors that he deserves. And Robert Quinn was even back in the mix. As of this moment. So having Roquan Smith, having Robert Quinn, I mean, not bad for what was supposed to happen. And yeah, you know what? It is sad that it has come to this because Roquan Smith does deserve better. He has put up phenomenal numbers. He has the short shot at Bet Rivers to lead the league in tackles in terms of the odds. You thought that they could at least figure this out. And you know what? I mean, you got to look at it from both perspectives, from the perspective of the Bears organization. Well, it's a new regime. It's not a guy they brought in. And because of the lack of technical accolades, being that he has not gotten the all pro honors or making the Pro Bowl, whatever you want to call it exactly. I mean, they can work that around in the contract, which is BS, but that's probably what they're trying to do. But Roquan Smith is the heart and soul of this defense. And yes, You want to move into an offensive direction, but let's be honest. The identity of the Chicago Bears, as alluded to by Roquan's message, is the defense. You got to pay your top dog on the defensive side of the ball, especially if he's a young stud at that. And clearly wants to stay here with this rebuilding, all-over-the-place organization. Like, he clearly wants to stay. And he gives you a little bit of hope saying, I haven't had the chance to talk to the McCaskey family, but maybe they can salvage this. And maybe they will. But when you look at it from a Bears fan, are you thinking, man, I don't know how I'm feeling about Ryan Poles and company if this is how they're going to treat their star players. Or are you more on the side of trust the process? The defense isn't going to be that great regardless if Roquan is there or not. They are not going to be the difference or he is not going to be the difference if we win or lose games this year. 
And then maybe Matt Eberflus and Ryan Poles are thinking, well, it's a new defensive scheme. We don't know if we want to pay this guy this absurd amount of money in something we haven't seen him develop into yet or showcase his talent with then. I, I get why you'd say that, but let's be honest. He's got to figure out a way to thrive. He's an all-world athlete who's clearly a stud. The Bears should be signing Roquan Smith, and you should be making him happy. You're going to have one of the highest cap spaces next year. And I get it. I've always been about the pertaining to the offensive side of the ball now. It's an offensive league. Wasn't that thrilled that they hired a defensive-oriented coach? But hey, if he's going to be more of the CEO as they've described him, and you let, you know, Luke Getzky, uh, Luke Getzky, pardon me, run the offense and the defense do its defensive things, then yeah, it can obviously work. But because I want that, and because that's a necessity in today's day and age in the league, doesn't mean you completely ignore and treat your star players poorly. And again, we're getting Roquan. Smith's side of the story so there are obviously two sides to the coin but it just seems perplexing to think that this has gotten to this point right and yeah it of course and absolutely could be a negotiating tactic from Roquan Smith to put this notes message out but at the same time it kind of gives you that wake-up call I mean officially requesting a trade like at that point is that going to you know, still send ruffles through the organization that at this point has kind of tarnished anything of being salvaged. I feel like McCaskey isn't one to like something like that. But look, objectively, Roquan, you got to do what you got to do. Could you blame him? If you're doing what he's doing, you realize it's a rebuilding organization and you have to lead it with a new defensive scheme. How could you blame him one iota? You couldn't. You couldn't. The fact that he's given Chicago and the Bears clearly this much love and respect is amazing as is based on the crap that he's gone through. And it hasn't been awful. I realize there's worse situations, but still. He's played with some good teams, some good players, some great players. And he still can continue to do that. But look, he deserves what he's asking for, probably. Or at least, from his perspective... Yeah, you're obviously going to ask X amount, and the Bears will say Y amount, but you can meet in the middle. And that's what it seems like he is at least alluding to, to at least get it in the fair region. Again, his perspective of things, but that's how players are doing it nowadays. The top players earn the right to do that because that's just how things have moved to. It stinks, it sucks, it's not how it was conducted back in the day as much. I get it, you can pound your fist, you can do this and that. But Roquan has the power here. The players have the power. And you know what? A lot of times they should. They should have the power more often than the owners and the GMs because they're the ones there on the field. They're creating the product. They're the reason you win or lose. And Roquan Smith, while he may not be a sole purpose of deciding if the Bears win or lose, he is absolutely a main contributor and you need to pay him. That's my two cents on the situation. Not ideal to wake up to. You were hoping it wouldn't come to this, but come on. Who's out there better that you're going to get? You need something to at least salvage this first year, right? Like we understand as Bears fans that the playoffs are not an expectation, that getting eight wins is not an expectation. You at least need to be competitive. And then next year, that's when you attack in the offseason. You just can't completely ignore the defense especially with your most important defensive player. 
Like, we're all sitting here like, yeah, Robert Quinn, I mean, that'd be awesome if he stayed, but if the Bears got rid of him, you'd understand. With Roquan Smith, it, man, it just seems foolish. It really just seems foolish. All right, we'll have to keep our uh, our ears and eyes attentive to Twitter and TV and see what ends up coming with that. But, man, not the best news that you could hear from the Chicago Bears. I mean, we were already kind of depressed yesterday because of the receiving news with Keel Harry, and we know Byron Pringle's banged up and Bellis Jones Jr. is day-to-day. And, yeah, now you're getting this with Roquan. It just seems like we've been trying to look at the positive side of things for so long And now all the negative is just piling and piling up right before the start of preseason. And Ian Rappaport reported that the Chicago Bears' backloaded offer offended Smith because it wouldn't make him the top-paid linebacker in actual salary and included de-escalators that no other NFL contract of that magnitude featured. I get it. I get it. You got egos at that point. You realize you should be top dog and be getting paid for it straight up, not in other weird facets. So, yeah, you thought the Bears would get away from doing this nonsense, but it doesn't seem like it too much. But who knows? This next uh, next 48, maybe 24 to 48 hours will be very interesting to see with the Chicago Bears. We'll also be interested to see how they handle themselves this upcoming weekend. First game of the preseason. Soldier Field, the Bears hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I would, <laughs> I was a little bit more excited about this game yesterday or even the day before that or before this weekend with all the injuries, but um, I was excited because there still are plenty of opportunities to bet on preseason football. I know a lot of people scoff at it, and I was chuckling at the Hall of Fame game a little bit, but look, we said lean Raiders, and the Raiders went out there and dominated. You can find these angles in preseason. Don't let people tell you otherwise. And the Bears may have an angle for Saturday night, right? I believe that's when they play a Saturday night. They opened up at home as a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Kansas City. The Matt Nagy revenge game, just like Trubisky did in preseason last year. Oh, God, could you imagine? At least Nagy's not there on the field. But you know they're going to let him call some foolish play, and the camera's going to pan to him just going nuts. Like, relax. It's preseason, dude. Um, anyways, they opened two and a half, total open 33 and a half at Bet Rivers. The number has moved a considerable amount in favor of Chicago, at least for preseason football, because now they're up to three and a half point favorites are the Bears. Minus 117 on the spread odds. If you want to take three in the hook with the Chiefs at Bet Rivers, you're laying minus 109. Money line for KC plus 145 and For the Bears, you are laying minus 190. I mean, it's not a cheap price. Oh, by the way, this is a uh, noon game on Saturday. I thought it was a night game. Looks like it's a noon game on Saturday. Total has gone up to 34.5. A little bit of juice to the over, minus 114. The unders minus 112. I get why the momentum has gone toward the Bears. Eberflus says he is putting in the starting unit out there. No, that doesn't mean Justin Fields is playing the whole game, but I doubt you really see Patrick Mahomes out there. I doubt you see any of the top-tier guys on Kansas City, a well-established team, playing in this game. But with the Bears, you have an unproven and developing offense. So yeah, your starting unit is going to have to play in each and every preseason game. You have a new coach who needs to get experience. New coaches all around who need to get experience calling plays in real time. You have coaches 
who want to win this game, their first game coaching their new team. That's the angle you approach when it comes to NFL preseason. I mean, yeah, Doug Peterson with the Jags, he was his first time coach with Jacksonville, but he's coached more recently than Josh McDaniels with the Raiders. And the Raiders had some better backup options. Uh, with Kansas City, their second stringer, Chad Henney, who is a serviceable backup, don't get me wrong. But aside from that, I was looking at their depth chart. I really couldn't pronounce their name slash you wouldn't know them, but it's some lower tier guys for the third and fourth string. With the Bears, you actually have Trevor Simeon and then Nathan Peterman. Laugh all you want about Peterman, but look, for preseason, <laughs> those are some good backup quarterbacks. The Bears love stacking up those backups, I feel like, with really solid backups. So, uh, yeah, you got a new head coach, new GM who want to go out there and prove their dominance right away. With a young core who also has a lot to prove with a lot of open roster spots, potentially. The Chiefs are established. They don't care about preseason. The Bears... Their players, their coaches, their GM all have something to prove, fight for, and earn. And you're at home. Yeah, that matters a little bit in preseason in this particular situation. So as silly and comical as it sounds, it doesn't because the Bears should be the favorite. They should be getting the love, and I would look to get involved with them in this game. Minus 190 is a little too egregious. If you shop around, you can get a minus 165 in the state of Illinois. And that's probably the bet I'll be looking to make. No, it's not attractive betting a preseason money line on the Chicago Bears nonetheless at minus 165. But man, oh man, if we got opportunities, we might as well look to capitalize on it. And despite the ongoing negotiations with Roquan Smith, the injuries with the receivers, this game means more to the Bears than it does to the Chiefs. So I'll probably be jumping in on the Bears' money line for their first preseason game of the 2022 year. Look, I get it. You may not want to bet it. You may want to wait to the regular season. But making money is making money, and I think this is a good opportunity to do so. All right, folks. Quick break here on the CityCast. Coming back, we'll recap the action from yesterday. We'll talk plenty of baseball, doubleheader with the Sox. And can the Cubs get another dub against the Nationals? That will be hit on next. Danny Burke, your host. It is the Chicago CityCast presented by Bet Rivers. Baseball is here and Bet Rivers has a special offer for you every single Saturday throughout the entire season. Place a three-leg, same-game parlay of at least $25, and you will earn a $10 free bet. With same-game parlays, you can combine player props and game bets to help you make your perfect combination. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Claim your offer on the BetRivers app or go to BetRivers.com. Not valid for any participant of the Illinois Gaming Board statewide voluntary self-exclusion program. Must be 21 years of age or older. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. It's 1-800-426-2537. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into it with some baseball action, recapping yesterday's games, and looking forward to today's with a couple for the Southsiders and one on the north side with the Cubbies. But a quick Monday recap, we talked about that Cubs and Nationals game. How about Keegan Thompson, like we said, thriving at home once again. They beat the Nationals 6-3. to 
Hopefully you're able to cash in on that run line bet. I did not bet it officially. Uh, the weather kind of scared me and just the fact the total was so low. But we did point that out as an angle and hope you're able to jump in on it yourself because the Cubbies got a nice win, 6-3. to three. Keegan Thompson, someone you want to back at home. Not on the road, but at home, yes. Our lone play from rush hour, Danny's dime, unfortunately did not come through. Blake Snell pitched a stellar game. Gave up one earned run. Had the Padres on the run line. Figured they would bounce back after getting swept by the Dodgers, make a statement against the Giants who had been struggling, and they did not. I had Padres minus one and a half on the run line at the price of plus 115, and they lose one nothing. That's a gross game to lose a run line on. Man. So, yeah, we lose that game. Our Major League Baseball record moves to 56-45-2 on the year. But let's look into today's action. It was taking a while for this game to get listed in both games because he didn't really know who officially was going to be pitching for the White Sox and the Royals, although we had speculation it was going to be Lance Lynn and Brady Singer, and that looks to be the case. The opening line has not really been out there, but I can tell you right now at Bet Rivers, the White Sox are a minus 159 favorite, and the Royals are plus 130. And the total is currently at 8. The run line for the White Sox, if you want to lay it, is plus 108. If you want to take the run in the hook with Kansas City, it's minus 136. So a lot of books, not a lot, but some books I saw open it in the minus 150 range in favor of the White Sox. I did not have that much conviction with the White Sox, and I'll tell you why and then where I put my opener. So like I was saying, you got Lance Lynn taking the bump. And we know Lance Lynn has been quite the unstable pitcher, to say the least. But the good news for Lynn is that his last start was a solid one. Very successful. Six innings, four hits, one earned run allowed, and eight strikeouts. The Sox won that game 4-1. to one. And guess what? That start just happened to be against his upcoming opponent today, the Kansas City Royals. But that was at home for Lance Lynn, where he is doing a little bit better. He's doing pretty awful all throughout with a 2-4 record, 587 ERA, 443 FIP, and a 19% home run to fly ball ratio. His Sierra is low at 336, so maybe that gives you some, I don't know, hype for him, hope for him, whatever you want to give him. But on the road, his numbers are terrible. 791 ERA on the road for Lance Lynn. 388 weighted on base average. And then a 487 FIP. I can't trust him here. He should be the better pitcher. The Sox should be the better team. They should be the winning team. So yeah, I get why they're the favorite. But minus 159? Are you kidding me? No. The Royals just won three out of four versus Boston. You just split a four-game series at Texas. And you usually split in a doubleheader, especially for the White Sox. I don't know if I trust you for this one. And you got Tim Anderson still being out. Just for the first game, I believe, for his suspension was knocked down from 3-2. to two. So Anderson will be out of this game. And look, Brady Singer, <laughs> he's been a better pitcher than Lance Lynn. 4-4, four and four, 367 ERA, 365 FIP, 119 whip. Yeah, high home run to fly ball ratio of 15%, but still more limited than Lynn's. And then his Sierra is at 333. Now, he's a tad worse at home, but he still has a respectable line of numbers at 381 with his ERA, 388 with his FIP, and then a 314 Woba. 
Now, he did have a bad last start, which was that same game at Chicago, when six innings, 11 hits allowed, four earned runs, three strikeouts, they lost 4-1. to one. So maybe the White Sox do have Brady Singer's number. But he's done good against them in other spots. Went seven innings, allowed four hits, no earned runs, and nine strikeouts. Royals won that game 2-1 to one in May. And then he faced him back in April, but he only went two innings, allowed one hit, and zero earned runs. Royals won that game 6-0. So, <laughs> which side do you trust here? Is it going to be a home and road kind of split type of deal? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But still, because the price is minus 159 and they're only giving you a plus 108 on the run line, are you kidding me? No, thank you. The good news for Lynn is that the Royals have not been hitting right-handed pitching particularly well, especially at home, where they have a 674 OPS, a 297 weighted on base average, and then an 88 weighted runs created plus, so maybe Lynn can thrive against them again. As for the White Sox, well, their numbers have actually improved greatly on the road versus righties. Overall, it's gone up to 698 OPS, 307 WOBA, and a 99 WRC+. For the White Sox, that's good. But you know, we've also been looking a little bit at the shorter sample uh, since July 1st. And then on the road versus righties since July 1st, their OPS goes to 713, their WOBA jumps to 312, and their weighted runs created plus is set at 103. So Brady Singer, good pitcher this year. Didn't do too well against the White Sox last time. Can he bounce back today? But what about after Brady Singer? This is the real issue with Kansas City, and it's their bullpen. They have the highest whip throughout their bullpen at 1.50. They have a very high ERA as well at 4.57. White Sox bullpen has been maintained. 3.89 ERA and a 129 whip. I think the Sox should be the favorite. I do not believe they should be a big favorite. The White Sox haven't had the most success against the Royals. They just saw each other. Lance Lynn not pitching good on the road. Tim Anderson's out. You still get games where the White Sox can't hit for squat. So I'm only making the Sox a minus 120 favorite. That's what I made them. I put Kansas City at plus 110 and I put the total at 8.5. Again, a lot of shops opened it around minus 150. At Bet Rivers, they're currently minus 159, are the Chicago White Sox, and the total's at 8. Yeah, I guess I would get the total moving down to 8 more so than going to 9. That makes sense to me. But if Lancelin has a blow-up, then yeah, it's going to go over. But the Sox at almost minus 160, no chance in hell am I laying that much in Game 1 of a doubleheader with Lance Lynn against a division foe. Absolutely not. But what about Game 2? Well, first of all, it's going to depend on... It's dependent on what happens in Game 1. Okay? See what happens with the bullpens. And then for Game 2, the pitchers looks like it is going to be Martin versus Heasley or Hesley. Pardon me if that's incorrect. But uh, we see this line currently at Bet Rivers with the White Sox for Game 2. If unless they took it down. Nope, game two. They got the White Sox minus 134, the Royals plus 110. Totals at nine, juice to the over minus 125. Uh, run line for the White Sox in this scenario is plus 120. If you want to take the run and the hook with the Royals, it's minus 155. So you got Davis Martin, the right-handed pitcher for the White Sox against Jonathan Heasley. And Martin this year is one and three with a 475 ERA. 
He's got a whip of 129. He has only pitched 30 innings. Heasley is 1-6 with a 582 ERA and a whip of 1.56. That, in a bigger sample size, 55.2 innings pitched. If you look at Heasley, he's not really gone, well, yeah, his last two starts, he's allowed nine earned runs at New York Yankees in versus Cleveland. Versus Texas, one game he allowed seven earned runs. He's seen the White Sox once this year in May, went five innings, four hits, three earned runs allowed, only one strikeout. Sox won that game 3 nothing. As for Davis Martin, yeah, you would have hoped the Sox would have added to their starting rotation. Um, he did play Kansas City in his first outing this year, May 17th. Five innings pitched, five hits allowed, one earned run allowed, seven strikeouts. Sox lost 2-1, to one, but good performance, honestly, from Davis Martin. Most recent start came July 29th versus Oakland. Yikes, just went three innings, three hits allowed, two earned runs, three strikeouts. Sox lost that game 7-3. He's been fine. His worst outing, well, he's got a, he had a couple where he allowed four earned runs. I guess you just don't know because there's not that big of a sample size with Davis Martin. Right-handed pitcher, though. Royals not hitting the best against him. Look, again, it, it's going to come down to what happens in Game 1. You would hope the White Sox could capitalize on Lance Lynn pitching in Game 1, but Brady Singer's been pretty decent. By the way, Davis Martin's FIP is at 430. His Sierra's at 427. Let's see what Heasley's at right now. Heasley, you're looking at a FIP of 588. Yeah, not looking too great. And a Sierra of 529. So you're probably putting a little bit more stock in Martin than you are Heasley. If I'm going to get involved, again, waiting to see what happens game one, and then would only look to be betting the White Sox. That would be my approach to the Southsiders today and tonight. So a little bit more on the unknown side of things for the White Sox today and tonight. But how about the Cubbies? Coming off an I-6-3 effort last night. And you're getting Marcus Stroman taking the bump, who's been coming off a handful of nice starts as of late. He's taking on Paulo Espino. And the Cubbies opened up as a sizable favorite for this game. Rightfully so. The Nationals are pretty, pretty bad. They have the Cubbies at Bet Rivers opening minus $2 and the Nationals plus 170. Total opened at 8. I made this line Chicago minus 190 and Washington plus 165. I put the total at 8.5. Wind isn't necessarily blowing out. It is blowing in from left center field, 8 miles per hour. It's a cooler day, 70s. Sunny here in Chicago. Perfect, I would call it. Um, but the Cubbies have gotten a lot of love here on the money line, up to minus 225 at Bet Rivers. The Nationals plus 170 haven't moved too much. Again, total open date moved down to 7.5. So I don't know. Maybe they're thinking that Stroman deals and that the Cubs don't do enough offensively to get it over. But going against Paulo Espino, he's a reliever converted into a starter. And his numbers ain't anything to write home about. Jocker, a player on the Nationals, nothing to be impressed about. Uh, he's surrendered nine earned runs throughout his last two starts. His overall numbers this year, 0-4, 420 ERA, 127 whip, 496 on his FIP, 14% home run to fly ball ratio. And then a Sierra, you're getting at 420. So they're not good, but they're not like terribly bad, but they're not good. <laughs> and then Espino on the road has a 453 FIP. His numbers are actually worse at home, but of course, they're still not good on the road. How about Stroman? Again, he's been fantastic. His last 
five starts, where he's allowed just five earned runs throughout his last five starts against the Dodgers versus the Mets at Philadelphia, at San Francisco, and at St. Louis. What's the theme there? Besides him pitching well, majority of those starts were on the road. On the road, he's got a 319 FIP. At home, at Wrigley, he has a 505 FIP. Very, very concerning. But again, did well at home versus the Mets. He's looking for his first win at Wrigley. Why can't it be against the Nationals? Stroman is 3-5 and five this year with an ERA of 4 flat. He's got a whip of 114, a FIP of 376, which is good. It's lower than your ERA. His home run to fly ball ratio is higher than you want it at 15.4%. He's got a respectable Sierra at 365. Look, we know the numbers that we talked about yesterday. Offensively for both teams, the Nationals hitting a little bit better. Uh, against righties on the road, but so are the Cubbies hitting better against righties at home. And the Nationals are the Nationals, bad bullpen. Cubs bullpen has gotten kind of torn apart because of the trade deadline, but this team is still competing, guys. You know, I'm wrong about this. Hand up. I thought this would be a team you could only look to fade or you'd stay away from them, but the fact they kept Happ and Contreras, they're fighting. They're still playing. Yes, I know that they're going against the Nationals, but guess what? They still took the series against the Marlins, a team that's fighting for their postseason lives, who have good pitchers. The Cubs are fighting, and you got to give credit where credit's due. So it makes sense the Cubs are once again a big favorite. Doesn't mean I'm laying minus 225 on the money line. I would only look at the run line. And I might play this, actually. It's plus 108 right now at Bet Rivers. I think the best number on the run line I saw was plus 110. No, it's not the juiciest of prices, but... Hey, if you don't like anything else on the slate, you want to root on your cubbies, now's the time to take advantage against a team that is just so bad. So, so bad. If you want to look at some props, uh, Ian Happ, he's hitting 323 this season at Wrigley, and he's 6 for 18 during a five-game hitting streak versus the Nationals. Huh. Over one and a half bases for Happ, plus 116. Over a half hit, minus 265 for Ian Happ. By the way, Chicago rookie Nelson Velasquez yesterday had a career-high three hits. It included his sixth homer during the win last night. He's now batting 310 with four home runs and 11 RBIs in the last 13 games for the Cubbies, who, of course, have won their last six out of seven at home. Momentum. The young guy's coming up, proving me wrong. Let's do it. At away, Chicago. Cubs run line. That'd be the only bet I'd make tonight. And I may just do that officially, but make sure you tune in to Rush Hour to get the official word on that. But Cubby's looking like they're in a prime spot tonight. Let's hope the Sox capitalize. Go 2-0. Take advantage, baby. Now's your time. Now is your time. Show us what you got, Lance Lynn. All right, and don't forget, Bears preseason game. We'll talk about it a little bit more later in the week. But I think I'm going to pull the trigger on the Bears minus a buck 65 with their preseason money line bet. Sets up nice for them. Not with the offseason stuff, not with the injuries, but everything else, it should be in favor of the Chicago Bears. Probably not going to say that too many times this year. Hopefully we can, knock on wood. All right, folks, that's going to do it for another edition of the Chicago City Cast. Thank you once again for tuning in. Much, much appreciated and always appreciated if you tune into Rush Hour, 5 to 6 p.m. Central Time, VEASAN.com, VEASAN app, and the Marquee Sports Network. Until the next time we talk, Take care, folks. Best of luck with all your plays.